is WEHC Emory and WISE FM Wise. The time is 1 o'clock. It is December 13th, 2023. And that means that it's time for another episode of Farm Talk with Washington County Extension Agent Phil Blevins. Thank you, Ivy, and thanks to everyone that's listening today. Hope that everyone's getting ready for Christmas. Uh, certainly a good time of the year and a happy time of the year. Uh, appreciate WHC allowing me to be on. And so I, I was asked a question about what exactly is cooperative extension that, that I work for, which is really a good question. And in some ways, it's a little bit hard to explain for those that haven't traditionally been involved in the services that we offer. But I thought we'd try to cover that a little bit today, maybe answer some questions about that as we go along. But if you're uh, old enough, or if you watch me TV, you've probably seen Green Acres on before, and you've seen Hank Kimball on there, who is the county agent uh, in the county that uh, Oliver Douglas lives in. I uh, hope that he's not representative of the county agents of the world, which is the job that I have, because he's portrayed as a dimwit on the program. But uh, some people are really familiar with it because of that. I get called Hank Kimball occasionally because of that. But uh, just to give you kind of a brief history of that and then maybe get into the, some specifics about uh, what we do, uh, way back in the 1800s, as far as we go, uh, college educations were really only for the elite of society. Uh, people didn't have the money or maybe even the understanding that they could go off to college somewhere and get a degree. And so in 1862, <clears throat> uh, the Morrill Act was passed by Congress, and it established a land-grant college system. Uh, the uh, states were granted land uh, by the federal government, or they were granted scrip if they didn't have the land, to be able to generate money to build a land-grant college that would teach agriculture, military tactics, and mechanical arts, uh, as well as classical studies, so that members of the working classes could obtain a liberal practical education. That's liberal in the sense of a broad range of knowledge that they would get while they were there. In 1887, or, or well, let me back up. So you had colleges established in each state. For example, in Virginia, it was Virginia Polytechnic Institute, which is now referred to simply as Virginia Tech. Uh, you had in Tennessee, the University of Tennessee at Knoxville. And then in North Carolina, you had North Carolina State, University of West Virginia in Virginia, and University of Kentucky in Kentucky. I suppose that gets most of the people in the listening area. In 1890, uh, the states were given the order either to uh, allow or make provision for uh, black people to be able to get into the university or to establish a university, a land-grant university for blacks. And so in the southern states, because of segregation, the 1890 institutions were established. In Virginia, that's the Virginia State University at Petersburg. And so in most of the southern states, you have two land-grant colleges, one that has traditionally been a black university and one that was the, the original in 1862. And Virginia is a little bit unique in the fact that the two universities work really, really closely together, uh, maybe more than some parts of the world. Now, in 1887, the Hatch Act created the Agricultural Experiment Station, uh, which was part of the state land-grant college's uh, mission. And each state had 
had to match a major portion of federal funds. So you had experiment stations that were established. There's an experiment station here at Emory, uh, or it's actually technically Glade Spring, uh, where livestock and crop experiments have been done down through the years. So here you have these two things. You have a land-grant college that's meant to get information out to uh, the common man, so to speak. And then you have these agricultural experiment stations that are coming up with knowledge that would be useful to people to be able to farm. And so there was an effort made then to try to get this information out to the people because people didn't really have the money or the access maybe to that knowledge or the money to go to college or access to that knowledge. And so in 1903, Seaman Knapp uh, was a special agent for USDA. He's referred to as the first extension agent. And he was invited to Texas to discuss the problem of the boll weevil in cotton. And so he did demonstrations uh, to show how the boll weevil could be dealt with and managed and, <clears throat> excuse me, and controlled. And so his problem with what was going on, he said, this is not going to do very much good unless a lot of people can see these things. And so the Extension Service, that's the seeds of the Extension Service. Uh, in 1906 in Virginia, uh, Dr. J.D. Eggleston, who was super, superintendent of public instruction in Virginia, invited Dr. Knapp to Virginia. And Dr. Knapp recruited T.O. Sandy of Burkeville, Virginia, uh, to be a demonstrator. And in 1907, he made him, the, Mr. Sandy, the state agent and gave him authority to hire additional agents. Well, the Smith-Lever Smith Act was uh, passed in 1914, which established the cooperative extension system in the United States, and it broadened the land-grant mission uh, and marked the beginning of a partnership between federal, state, and local governments and higher education to work cooperatively. That's where you get the idea of cooperative and cooperative extension towards a solution of uh, social and economic problems that citizens were facing. And today, if you look at extension... Uh, from these roots, you have uh, really four major things that are done. Three of them are really the big focus. Agriculture, obviously, is one, and natural resources. Then 4-H youth development. Many people that aren't necessarily familiar with what I do are familiar with 4-H program, which is one of the older youth programs in the world. And then family and consumer sciences. And some of the older people that might be listening today remember home demonstration agents, uh, as they used to be called. And so in this state, it's a joint program with the Department of Agriculture on the federal level, Virginia Tech, uh, Virginia State University, and then the state of Virginia, and then the county or city governments where agents are, are located. And so it's the way it works is they are supposed to work is the information's determined or discovered at the university level uh, in the College of Agriculture or other colleges that are appropriate. And then that knowledge is then disseminated by extension agents to the people in the communities. And that's, that gives you a broad view of what extension is. If we focused in a little bit on it in Washington County, and we'll just use that as an example because that's the one I'm familiar with, uh, the programming is pretty wide-ranging. Now, initially, you were focused on, for example, with uh, Dr. Knapp on the boll weevil. Uh, well, you know, each part of the country has unique problems, and each part of the country has unique type uh, crops that they grow. And so that kind of determines what goes on. We try to stay in touch with what the community needs. 
uh, to deal with the problems that they have. And that's taken care of in a lot of different ways. And, you know, if you look at Washington County, for example, from an agriculture agent's perspective like myself, I deal with livestock, I deal with agronomy or crop production, forage production. I deal with horticulture issues, uh, vegetable growers, uh, nursery growers, or whatever it might be. Urban horticulture, which has become, in some parts of the country, that's really the focus of extension. If you were a extension agent in Fairfax, Virginia, uh, you would be dealing a lot with urban horticulture, and we deal a lot with it here. You know, beekeeping, uh, one of the things that we, another thing that we are commissioned to do is pesticide safety training. I just got through in the last two days doing a recertification training sessions for private pesticide applicator card holders. Uh, 4-H, you know, on the livestock side and the uh, plant side and then as well as other things. And then there's always administrative things you have to do, whatever job you're in. And then public service. Extension has traditionally been referred to as extension service. And to me, that is what it should be called uh, because we are servants of the public. And I think when we lose sight of that view of it, then we've messed up because we truly are a servant of the people. And so we try, as I said, to stay in touch with what's going on on the local level. So if I just gave you an example in Washington County and in Southwest Virginia of things that we as ag agents do, um, for example, in the livestock industry, one of the things that we work with is livestock marketing, uh, trying to help producers uh, get a better value, for example, of the calves that they produce because we are a feeder calf production area. And so there's a program called the Virginia Quality Assured Marketing Program that was developed by Extension, the Virginia Cattlemen's Association, and the State Department of Agriculture. And we've worked with that program since 2005 in these counties surrounding this area. And in the process of doing that, we have added $10 million in value, or those sales have, added $10 million added value to those calves uh, that have been sold through that program since then. And that's what we should be doing are things like that, to answer questions like that. To, uh, to go back just a little bit, uh, I mentioned the 4-H program, and how the 4-H program began was, uh, one of the ways it began was with what were called corn clubs. And so the university was coming up with these better ways of producing corn. If you went back to the 1900s early, probably the average yield of corn was 40 bushels per acre or maybe less than that. And so someone came up with the idea, if we could get these young people to put out an acre of corn or so, and follow our recommendations, and if their yield outdid dad's yield, then dad would be more likely to adopt those practices. And so corn clubs were born as a result of that. I know a gentleman in uh, Bristol, uh, Clarence Dishman, who did was in that project, actually, and his corn made over 100 bushels per acre, which was unheard of then. And so it was a way to transfer knowledge that both the young person learned and hopefully the parents or those that uh, were taking care of the child would learn, and it would improve things. Really, the whole thing is about improving people's lives. And so, you know, with with the corn production, obviously that was something that was helpful for the broader community. But what if someone is a, a home gardener 
Okay. And uh, having trouble maybe getting their maters to grow right. And they've heard you talk about you can do soil samples and tests and things like that. But how can they just call up the extension agent, call you up? or And what's the cost for things like this? Okay. Uh, that's a good question. And certainly people can call. I mean, that's why we're there. We're there to help people. And I've found over the years that sometimes people don't understand that. They don't understand that if they call me and I answer a question, it doesn't cost them anything. You know, I I've, make I've farm visits and home visits as much as I can. I mean, there's a lot of people in the area, and so it's, it's hard to get there immediately when somebody wants to do something. Uh, but, uh, you know, most of our services, particularly providing information or troubleshooting or diagnosing problems, Myself, there's not a charge with that. But soil sampling, for example, if you're a home gardener, and we always recommend that because you can't look at the soil and see uh, and, and tell much about it in terms of whether it needs lime or fertilizer or whatever. And for a gardener, that costs $10 per sample. But that's to cover the charges at the lab at Virginia Tech. Now, there are some... Uh, like commercial crop samples, uh, there's money that comes from other places that covers those because there are so many, um, there, there is so much acreage that's in cropland, and so uh, those samples are covered. All it costs is a postage to get it there. Uh, there's other things. The other thing I can think of that there is a cost associated with is if you have a plant, you have a disease problem, and you really want it diagnosed at the university level, at the disease ID lab. Uh, that costs $35 a sample. But in a lot of cases, you know, somebody that's been around as long as I have or somebody that's had training in those things can diagnose it on the spot and, and save that expense. And but, but for the most part, the things that we do, unless it's a specific program that has materials that have to be paid for, you pay for it, but it's through the tax dollars. It's not a direct charge whenever you know I come out and look or you bring me a bug to look at. It's hard to explain how broad the things is that we do. I've been asked everything almost in my career. You know, I've dealt with everything from bed bugs uh, to animal diseases to mold. Um, and you get a lot of experiences in this. I actually one time went to help a gentleman uh, and on my job, and I found him where a tractor turned over on him, and he was dead. Uh, so there's just a lot of things. It's just an unusual job from that standpoint. But really, the the focus of the job is is to improve the lives of the people that we deal with with the problems that we have. And we don't do everything. Uh, and so there are some things you could you could call me, and I might try. I'd try to get you in touch with a person that could help you. Uh, but we uh, do try to deal with a lot of things. And that's, you know, on the ag side, I'm more familiar with that. But we also have people that do the 4-H program, obviously, but then people that do food safety, nutrition. Um, the homes demonstration agents, initially, they taught people how to sow. They taught them home economics, uh, things that they needed to know initially, like canning, how to can safely and preserve food safely, how to sow, how to cook. And a lot of those things are back in demand. And so that's still done by the agents that deal with those programs. 
And so as a listener, I can call you up and say, hey, I need some tips on uh, when I should prune my apple trees or how to do it. But I can't get you to come out to my house and do it for me, can I? Well, that's a good question. There is a uh, we can do that. We can send out information. We can come out. And actually, uh, on occasions, one of the things that Extension has been a big way that Extension has educated people is to do demonstrations, actually, of how to do things, and maybe in a group setting or even in a one-on-one setting. Obviously, I don't know how to do everything, so in some cases it may be here's, here's how you do it, here's what you do, and you may have to find somebody else that's more experienced because the last thing I want to do is show you how to do something wrong. I can tell you how to do it. From a literature standpoint, we have multiple publications that tell people how to do things, but saying that I've done everything would just be a stretch. So the Agriculture Extension Agency is really a great service and offers a lot of opportunity. If you have any number of questions from uh, farming, raising livestock, home uh, problems in the home, Right. Bugs, yeah. infestation, things like that. Just basic gardening, raising chickens. Exactly. That's what your agricultural extension agent is there for. And you can call them. And you can also email Phil Blevins at pblevins at vt.edu. And the other thing, if you're in another county, every county that I'm aware of in this part of Virginia has an, ex- an agriculture extension agent in it. Most of them have a 4-H agent in them, and all of them have access to what are, instead of home demonstration agents, they're now called family and consumer science agents. And so there's someone to answer those questions either within the given office in your county or they at least have access to that. That's one of the great things about extension We have specialists, extension specialists at the campus level or at experiment stations that specialize in specific things. For example, there are extension specialists that specialize in animal nutrition or that specialize in weed control or that specialize in insects. One of the great specialists that I work with at uh, Virginia Tech is Dr. Tom Kuhar. He's an entomologist and he does a great deal of work out in localities to provide vegetable insect control information. If you've heard of the brown marmorated stink bug, which is an invasive, he's done a great amount of work on that, trying to help people learn how to control that. Uh, we have specialists uh, that, are, that are in the family and consumer science area. Uh, and then those disciplines uh, then have information, many of them, that translate down to the 4-H program. And the 4-H program, especially the that I've been involved with, the one in Washington County here is a great program. Crystal Peak is the agent, has a really large 4-H program. Practically every child in the school system in Washington County is in 4-H or has been in 4-H. Uh, membership has been over 5,000 in that program. And that's not just that they signed their name, I want to be in 4-H, but they've done a project. They've actually done a 4-H project. They either through presentations at school or they learn public speaking or they've done an animal project or, a, or a, uh, some type of plant project or a leadership project. A lot of 4-H is about developing leadership. And so uh, all the counties participate in these things. And depending on which county that you would be associated with, 
is going to dictate what they focus on in, in large measure because the things that are important in this county, uh, livestock, for example, are not going to be important in Matthews County over in the northern neck of Virginia because that's a grain production area. And so it tries to be tailored toward the area that it's in. You know, if I think about some of the things that, that I've been involved with in my career, you know, one of the programs we have is the Virginia Master Cattlemen Program, which is a program that provides seven classes in foundational information in beef production. Uh, the other one's the Virginia Master Gardener Program. We have a great group of master gardeners in Washington County that do a tremendous amount of educational work, uh, and that's in the horticulture area. And they go through 17 classes being trained. And then to be a master gardener, you have to return 50 hours of volunteer service uh, to extension to be able to be called a master gardener and then maintain that. Uh, extension through the years uh, has made a big difference in agriculture, and it's been really the envy of the world of getting information out to the food producers. And other parts of the world have established systems similar to that, uh, but there's nothing in my view that's ever rivaled the extension program in the United States. Now, you know, obviously in any group, you may have someone that says, well, you know, I didn't get much out of it. Uh, and that's unfortunate if that's the case, but it really does have the power uh, to change people's lives. And that's what we've been about down through the years. And if someone is listening in and there's something you've said has piqued their interest or they got a question, and have you got a website, a good way to find out what classes and things you offer? Uh, yes, we do. There are websites for each county in the state of Virginia. And if you go to the extension, if you just type Virginia Cooperative Extension into Google or some search engine, that should lead you to the state website at Virginia Tech, which then has a link to all the county offices. And maybe not everything would be listed there, but you do have the ability there to get to our publication information. You have the ability to get to our contact information there, to get in touch with anyone that, uh, that you might need help from or any discipline that you might need help from. And so, you know, I, it's, as I said, it's a little bit difficult to explain what extension service means, but I like what my friend Andy uh, Overbay uses, who's extension agent in Smith County, to try to describe what the word extension means. He said, you know, you have a power source in the wall in your house. And if you will think of that as Virginia Tech or the land-grant college or, or Virginia State, and then you, if you hook an extension cord to that outlet, you can take power out to areas that are not close to that. And so we are kind of like the extension cord that extends from the land-grant universities in Virginia out to the communities to get that information out to them. And so... Really, if you got a question, you should take advantage of this great service that Virginia offers in each county. And I'm certain that you get asked questions all the time that you don't have a clue as to the answer of, but then you get to learn as well. That's right. It was really when I started. I started in Montgomery County, Christiansburg. I was there about a year and three months before I came to Washington County. And I grew up on a farm and grew up in 4-H, uh, had a lot of experiences with extension and always wanted to be an extension agent. Uh, but it was kind of like, what do I do when I got into it? Because it's a little bit overwhelming. You're getting questions about a lot of things that you've never thought about. 
But you take your time and you learn those things. And uh, over time, you get a lot of experience. And I wouldn't trade. It's the greatest job that I've ever had. I've had several jobs, and it's the greatest job that I've ever had. Um, one of the things I really like the most about it are the individual people I get to work with. And I know people say that kind of as cliche when they're talking about their job. But it really has been a great place to work in Washington County over, the, over my career and doing demonstrations with farmers and seeing them adopt things that have been shown to be uh, practices that were profitable or that would increase yield has really been a, a rewarding thing to get to be involved in. And so, like Ivy said, you need to take advantage of those resources that are there. And it's open to everyone. One of the things that Extension has emphasized over the years is is that it's open to anyone. You don't have to be in a specific class of people. You don't have to be a specific race. Uh, you know, you don't have to be a big farmer. Uh, you don't have to be anything special. <laughs> you just got to want to have the information. And we're going to do our very best to get the information to you because that's why we're here is to serve the people. And so... Let us know if you have things, and, and let us know if we can assist. And if we can't, we'll tell you, uh, but we'll try. Well, Phil, we got just a couple minutes left, and uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here. All right. Um, and in your years of service, you have to have a couple stories or a story that stands out as being something totally ridiculous or, or just made you laugh. Yeah. I remember one time I had a guy that called me. Uh, I think he's passed on now, but anyhow— I had a person call me one time, and um, he said he had a problem with his dinias. Well, you know, I know some about flowers because my mama's loved flowers. Uh, but I thought, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And I thought, if I talk long enough with you, maybe I'll figure it out. And so I kept asking questions. Well, where, you know, this and that. And I said, well, where did you get them? And he said, I got him up uh, Mount Rogers or White Top. I don't remember which it was. And I thought it's got to be rhododendrons that he's talking about. And finally, his wife screamed out of the background, rhododendrons. And so, uh, you know, that's one of them. That's one of them over the years. It always stands out in my mind as, uh, as, as, as kind of humorous, but at the same time learning how to diagnose a problem. I also had somebody call me one time and said, well, no, if I knew anybody that needed a bull, and I said, uh, well, you know, is it a uh, is the purebred bull? And he said, yes, it is. He said, its uh, mom was a purebred Jersey, and its daddy was a purebred Hereford. And I thought, well, <laughs> you know, if I find anybody that's looking for a bull like that, I'll send them your way. And so you do get a lot of things. I guess one of the strangest ones I had when I was in Montgomery County, I had a woman call me one time and knew if I wanted to know if I knew where she could sell Batman manure. And I said, well, how much have you got? And she said they'd bought a house and there was a foot of it in the attic of that house. So uh, lots of different experiences. But if you do want, contact us. We'll do our best to help you. And thank you, Ivy. Oh, well, you've been listening to Farm Talk with Phil Blevins. Tune in next Wednesday at 1 o'clock for another edition of Farm Talk. And get those questions together. Don't hold back. That's what the agricultural extension service is for this is wehc emory and wise